Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. America and happy Wednesday, a big day on Capitol Hill. Merrick Garland, the attorney general, faced off for hours and hours against House Republicans, increasingly distrustful of his answers on the Hunter Biden investigation, his stewardship of the Justice Department, his unwillingness to acknowledge that there may be some weaponization or politicalization of prosecutions in America, unable to see any difference between the way former President Donald Trump's been treated and the way that Hunter Biden's been treated. Lots of fireworks, lots of exchanges, not a lot of news, perhaps the most newsworthy moment in the event. Merrick Garland telling the House Judiciary Committee he can't remember, keep that in mind, he can't remember if he ever talked to the FBI about the Hunter Biden case. Now, you would think the FBI comes and talks to me about the president's son and criminality. You'd remember that. A lot of Republicans today felt that was a red flag moment. They're going to be diving down. Expect subpoenas, expect document requests. There is something they know about that they may soon be drilling down on. Let's keep an eye on that. I think that could be the big news out of it. Otherwise, lots of great theatrics. Matt Gates had some great questioning, uh, really tense questioning. Uh, Jim Jordan right out of the gate. A lot of questioning. I think he's searing to see, too. I looked around some of the other mainstream media today, the traditional media. They seem to be a little more dubious of the how Merrick Garland was answering some questions today. Again, not a lot of new headlines of information, but I think the big headline will be, could Merrick Garland really not remember if the FBI had a conversation, expect the House Judiciary Committee to drill down, drill down, and oh, drill down again. All right, we got a great show for you. I'm super excited. It is AMAC Wednesdays. You go to amac.us slash justnews, go sign up. You become a member of this great civic organization in the country. You also get great discounts. You get to participate in great things. But one of the big opportunities here when we have AMAC Wednesdays, we get to talk to Bobby Charles, former State Department official, former appellate court clerk, former chief investigator of the House Oversight Committee. He's going to talk about the Merrick Garland hearing, walk us through everything that matters in that moment. That is a great one. And we can't go wrong with that. And we're actually pretty excited about it. In the second block today, we're going to talk a little bit about energy. There was an incredible hearing on the Hill yesterday. The Democrats who have the Green New Deal agenda, you know, sort of the far left part of the party, they got schooled yesterday by a particular witness from the energy industry that called out their numbers and said they're just simply not true. And you know how she proved it? With the government's own numbers. Kathleen Sagama, president of the Western Energy Alliance, she'll join us in the second half of the show. We'll have a good conversation. AOC had a bad day yesterday at this hearing. We'll describe why that is. All right, before we go to commercial break, I want to tell you about the one story we broke overnight. I hinted at it yesterday. Now you have everything you need to know. The FBI 
and the Justice Department were thwarted by federal prosecutors when they tried to probe possible criminal violations involving the 2020 Joe Biden campaign for president. Newly discovered inquiry was opened. This was discovered in the 2020 election. It was a question of why was Hunter Biden's overdue taxes paid by a third party, a politically connected lawyer, a lawyer Hunter Biden met at one of his father's presidential campaign fundraisers. They wanted to bring a case. They brought it to the Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss. Eh, got shut down. They brought it to the U.S. Attorney in Washington. Eh, they got shut down. There's an enormous amount of detail. A lot of people don't realize that Hunter Biden didn't pay off his own tax bill. Someone else paid it for him. The connections to the campaign concerned the IRS whistleblowers, Gary Shapley and Joe Ziegler. It concerned some of the FBI agents in Delaware and in FBI headquarters who then reached out to the Washington field office and tried to get the case into another U.S. attorney's office, the Washington, D.C. U.S. attorney's office. There, they got shut down as well, according to Tim Tebow, the former number two FBI agent in the Washington field office. Wow, that is a pretty bombshell Discovery. This is all on the record. There is no doubt about anything. There are interviews. There are documents. Go check this out. It is a long story, but it is perhaps one of the most important developments in the case. It's one of the many reasons why the members on the Hill today are so frustrated by Merrick Garland. They believe these things were happening under the hood of Merrick Garland's Justice Department. He doesn't want to address it. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Bobby Charles going to join us on AMAC Wednesday here at John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Hey, folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews and extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook a, a vegetable dinners and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? 
It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick House Nutrition, and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. It's Wednesday, which means it's one of my favorite days of the week because it's AMAC Wednesday. We always have a great conversation with our good friends at the Association for Mature American Citizens. And today we got a perfect guest at a perfect moment as history is unfolding on Capitol Hill with uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland dodging, bobbing, weaving questions from the House Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan and its members. I thought we'd go back to one of the greatest congressional investigators I ever saw in action in my 35 years in this town. He used to be the chief investigative counsel for the House Oversight Committee. Today, he's the national spokesman for AMAC. He's one of the most learned when it comes to oversight in America. Joining us right now, my good friend, Bobby Charles. Bobby, welcome back to the show. John, it's always a pleasure to be here, even if we're in a hurricane holding an umbrella. (laughs) Yes, that's about it, isn't it? That's a good one. I want to start with this moment. Ongoing on the Hill as we're speaking, there is this oversight hearing. Merrick Garland can't remember whether he talked to the FBI about Hunter Biden. You think he'd remember something that big, the president's son, the FBI might have come to you. He can't remember that. He continues to double down on the notion that Weiss had all the authority needed to bring everything, even though there's evidence that the district attorney, the, the DC and California U.S. attorneys clearly turned him down. It appears to me at this moment that uh, Merrick Garland feels like he's part of a cover-up. And I never would have said that about a former federal judge. He's always been a studious sort of guy. But, you know, we got this warning early on in his tenure about um, the parents. You know, he signed off on this crazy notion that they're going to treat parents like a school board, uh, school that were protesting at school boards like they were domestic terrorists. So atypical of a judge. A judge would never do that. Is this, the, is he the uh, the head of an organization that's involved in a cover-up right now? You know, it sure looks that way to me. As I listened to him talk, I I would have yesterday maybe not said it with the conviction that I do today. It it to me is uh, it's disgraceful what I see happening. And you know, you you only uh, they also you know they say you can only sell sell your soul once. And 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 once he once he becomes political, and I think he did that with uh, by the way that task force they set up to investigate parents as terrorists spoke up its boards. That task force still exists. They have not disbanded it. Uh, but the reality is, once once you go corrupt, uh, your reputation is gone forever. You don't get that back again. And uh, you can have been, we could name members of Congress and judges and political leaders of all kinds who have been down that path and, and seemed good until the moment that they weren't. And from that moment forward, they slid off the, the, you know, into the deep end. I look at five or six of the things he said this morning, and I, my, I almost, you know, I, I'm slow to passion. But I'm going to tell you, it, it upsets me enormously. Americans hate being lied to, and I hate being lied to. I, I, I hate viscerally. And, and when it comes from an attorney general who dri- drips with sanctimoniousness, who tries to make himself sound like he's uh, the arch uh, a patriot, when in fact what he's doing is, the, is antithetical to patriotism. He is allowing these, these, these crimes to go unchecked. Uh, I mean, he, he allowed the statute of limitations to run 
on felony bribery charges because they implicated the president. It's pretty clear now. And the only way you resuscitate those charges and restart a statute of limitations is with new evidence. I don't know if we're going to get there. I, I think it's just stunning the way that the House uh, Republicans took him through his paces. And he ultimately just he he dodged, he weaved, he denied, he deceived. It, it was the most um, it, it was embarrassing. But when it but it's embarrassing to the point where it, it it's infuriating because an attorney general of the United States is supposed to speak truth, not dis, not deflect and deceive. The second one he did was to it was to kind of bob and weave, as you say, on the question of whether he he had he could intercede to permit multi-jurisdictional prosecution of 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 Hunter Biden. No, he 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 could have done it and he didn't. And the whistleblowers were straightforward in saying that that jurisdiction was actually denied to the prosecutor. A prosecutor who, in the end, bent over to please this White House by ultimately creating a plea agreement that would have shielded the president of the United States by including it in charges that were just slap, you know, little charges uh, uh, that, that, that Hunter Biden could plead to. And who approved that? And then who fired that? Who, who removed those charges? That was Garland again. So again, the second time he, he, he is, you know, he doubled back on his own protection of the White House. The third time he, 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 you know, he was asked point blank here today, did you ever tell Joe Biden to stop selling influence? Did you ever tell the son to stop selling everything from his art to his father? And the answer was no, he didn't. And and yet this is this is straightforward. You know, this is like criminal procedure 101. A first year law student would see all these things as colorable crimes. And then we we have no intercession as as, the, as, as from the attorney general when the father carts his son 15 times around the world, including most recently to Ireland, where he telegraphs that he's very close to his father by staying with him the whole time so that he can sell influence again. It, the whole thing just it stinks to high heaven. And I just tell you, John. I am. I've watched a lot. I've, I've set up interrogations of attorneys general before, including Janet Reno, including um, uh, Eric Holder. You don't expect bold statements of untruth and, and complete repetition time after time after time of a single line in, it, in order to avoid answering a yes, no question. And, and the other part of this that, that really boggles my mind is there's a separation of powers problem here. An attorney general of the United States called to testify before an oversight committee with subpoena power and constitutional authorities lodged in the Articles of the Constitution. By not answering those questions, by deflecting and deceiving, he not only tells us, in effect, that he's part of cover-up, but that he does not respect the separation of powers here. And and I it boggles my mind. These These attorneys who are in the oversight capacity right now around the House and Senate oversight uh, uh, leaders need to get off their duffs and realize this is the future of the republic that we're talking about. You either let this become Al Capone's Chicago or Putin's Moscow, or you get on the horn and you become the kind of officer of the court that you're supposed to be investigating for truth and bringing people to uh, to justice. Yeah, asking the right questions and noticing when something unexpected comes up in the script that you should jump on is, are just essential to great investigators. That's what you did for five years on the Oversight Committee. Uh, sometimes you read these transcripts, you know, they come out later, you're like, oh, my God, 
Why not follow up there? Where, you know, I found myself yelling into a mailbox one day, like, wait a second, ah, you didn't ask this question. And so I think there is some obligation for the Republicans to up their game at this moment as well. I think a lot of people see that now as some missed opportunities. I want to turn to something we broke this morning. All right. We've known now for some time that the IRS agents were told they couldn't ask questions about Joe Biden. We were told that they couldn't ask questions about uh, Hunter Biden's grandchildren. I'm sorry, uh, Joe Biden's grandchildren, Hunter Biden's children, even though there was a reason to. They were told they couldn't get a search warrant, even though they met the standards for both uh, Joe Biden's guest house and Hunter Biden's storage locker. They were told that uh, they were they were foiled in their efforts to interview Hunter Biden because the Justice Department tipped off uh, Hunter Biden in, in Joe Biden's office so that they uh, could thwart the interview. And then they allowed the statute of limitations to expire. Those are all really significant things. And I think they build up to the, the the very thing that you're talking about, cover, cover up this morning from evidence that we learned from transcripts and documents. The FBI, on two separate occasions, tried to open a full criminal investigation involving the, Hunter, the Joe Biden 2020 presidential campaign. The theory was that the campaign benefited from campaign finance criminal violations. That's a direct quote from the documents by allowing a politically connected lawyer who met Hunter Biden at a Biden Joe Biden fundraiser to pay off millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars in tax bills. And they were turned down first by Delaware, then by the U.S. Attorney's Office in Washington. And you can see the FBI was trying to shift the case to Washington to see if they can get a second bite at the apple. When you realize that now the president's own campaign, there was suspicion that there was some illegal behavior there, and the FBI can't even investigate that. What does that say for someone who worked as a clerk, who worked at oversight, who worked in the State Department? There seems like there's something pretty sinister going on when agents can't open up something that seemed like a very simple ask. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what I perceive in this, John, and I am on the outside looking in, but I think that this is creating divisions within the FBI. Um, law enforcement needs to be unified and it needs to believe that its leadership is honest, has integrity. Uh, that would be true of the DEA, the FBI, anywhere. Um, it, it, it's, it strikes me as very disheartening because what it, what it tells you is that there's knowledge inside the FBI as well as the top of DOJ that this is an utterly corrupt uh, White House, that this is really unadulterated corruption. And so, you know, you have a parting of the Red Sea. There are going to be those who leave the FBI because they are high integrity people and they can't deal with the fact that their leadership is corrupt. Uh, they're, they, they're going to be people who leave DOJ. There are going to be others that fight the good fight from within. And I think what, what we can only hope is that um, what every American sees here? I mean, it's, this is this is not you know this is not walks like a duck, talks like a duck. This is you know this is the sky is black with ducks, um, and we need to. I really am looking forward, John, and I say this. You know, AMAC is a nonpartisan group, and I I look at things from the view of an officer of the court because I I, I am a member of three bars. I've I for a long time have have tried to think that what I do every day is good for America. I try to, and and I look at this, and I I think what I'm hoping is that Democrats, uh, moderate, smart, high integrity Democrats, and 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 independents look at this, and whatever they think about the Republican field uh, in the future or 2024, they look at this and they say this is wrong, and I. I have only one life to live, and I'm I'm not going to sell my soul uh, uh, to a party that is is apparently uh, complicit in high, highest level corruption. I, I'm going to now speak up. I would love to see members of the Senate and members of the House who are high integrity Democrats who say, you know what, 
even my office here, even if I come from a blue state or a blue district, e- even my office here is not worth uh, the price of my soul. I-, I am not going to let this go on. And, and this is really what happened in, in a much smaller environment where instead of having 20 concentric circles of public corruption, there were one or two during the during the Nixon era. And of course, you had an attorney general who went to prison for 19 months for covering up uh, uh, John Mitchell. But 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 the reality is that back then there were Republicans like uh, Rodino and Cohen and others who said, you know what, I, I didn't come here to 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 be corrupt myself i I didn't come here willing to be corrupt myself i'm not going to be corrupted and i'm going to in effect be jimmy stewart i'm going to be mr smith comes to washington and i'm going to say the american people left right and center uh, even if this hurts the larger party that i'm a member of need to have the truth out in front of them and those who have committed crimes need in the proper administration of law to be put in prison yeah these are large issues. These are issues that we really in our lifetime probably haven't had to deal with as directly or as poignantly as they're now in front of the American people. I think there is in some of these testimonies and some of the efforts to distract an underlying assumption that I think is incredibly fatal to a lot of the politicians involved in this, that the American people are dumb and you can pull a wool over their eyes on this one. I, it, it's really interesting, despite you know major news organizations still trying to hold the line for Joe Biden, though, there's been some major changes. Obviously, the Washington Post last week, after seeing our documents that Justin News came back and said, all right, we got to admit Joe Biden's original story isn't true. So he's changed it. This is over the firing of the Ukraine prosecutor. Glenn Kessler changed his fact checks openly and said now that Joe Biden made an audible when he withheld the billion dollars to do it. But the media has pretty much still tried to hold the line with little adjustments here and there. And yet the polling is now showing that a majority of Americans believe there's something wrong in what Joe and Hunter Biden did. 48% in this last poll, which was the largest percentage of voters, said they believe an inquiry is warranted, impeachment inquiry. Is there a danger to Democrats and the news media in thinking that they can mislead the American people because they don't get it when it seems like the American people are getting it now? Well, I, I think, John, it's it's self-evident. I mean, if you think about it for a minute, if if the news media's uh, I mean, CNN and a lot of these news media outlets are losing their their listenership and their viewership. And if you are not just running interference for but appear to be complicit with someone whose poll numbers are dropping through the floor because of public corruption, as well as you know, mental acuity, uh, that. You know, if you join yourself to that falling star, you're going to fall with the star. And I think that's what, that's what the media are doing. I, I will say, you know, speaking about the media for a moment and, you know, AMAC is a straight shooter. We we say it like it is no matter what. Uh, but I, and, and you do that. Just the news. I mean, what a, what a great way to describe what you deliver. But, you know, if Howard K. Smith or or uh, David Brinkley or or, uh, you know, uh, people like um, Walter Cronkite or Walter Lippmann were alive today, they would be all over this story. They they were real journalists. They were the kinds of people that went over and went out and turned over rocks. I mean, uh, you know, remember, Walter Cronkite was once described as the most trusted man in America. And that's because even though he was a liberal, he was a liberal, he worked incredibly hard to deliver truth. And I, I think what we are, the American people, some things simply don't change. You know, if, if someone keeps pointing to blue and calling it red or purple and calling it green, but you know the color is the color it is, not the one they're telling you. Eventually, you start to look askance at the people who are telling you. It's natural human behavior, right? Yeah. 
behavior. We have this sixth sense that when we we start to realize, all right, I've been cried wolf one or two or three too many times, and you start to dig in more. It actually causes you to dig in more. You know, it's even worse, though. You know, John, in some ways, it's even worse right now. Average Americans are paying a tremendous economic penalty for this administration's behavior. They they shut down a huge part of the energy sector. They 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 drove inflation through the roof with massive overspending. Thirty two trillion dollars we now have in national debt. It's it's de- it's decaying. It's 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 like accelerating the half life of the loss of the value of dollars in pensions every single day. People can barely pay for their groceries, their gas, their their rent or their mortgages. So at the same time that we have uh, an economy that is totally screwed up by an administration that has driven interest rates through the roof because of their high inflation and their and their ridiculous, uh, you know, misunderstanding of macroeconomic policy or their attempt to consolidate power uh, at the federal level. At the same time that's happening, you have a president who he and his son banked $20 million and stuffed it into 17 accounts from foreign nationals so he can retire. You know, if he lives to retire, he can retire on, on, you know, uh, high on the hog at the time that Americans are suffering and can't even pay their energy bills. I mean, it, it really is infuriating to average Americans. Yeah, it is frustrating to people and the web of companies. Why, why so much complexity if this is all above board is a question that I think everyday Americans keep asking. Before we go to that, just very quickly, people should know that there were more than 1,500 suspicious transaction reports, CTRs and CMIRs filed in in response to the deposits that were being made by the Bidens into those accounts after he was vice president. That's unheard of. If there was just one, it would be serious. 1,500? Yeah, and we had whistleblowers going to the Securities and Exchange Commission. We, we identified one of them last week and put his complaint out for the first time. It is pretty, pretty extraordinary to see this. I want to turn to another one of your great areas of expertise. You worked with such great accomplishment at the State Department as Assistant Secretary under Colin Powell during the Bush years. There's this moment this week that I can't get out of my head. And by the way, I join every American in welcoming home those that were held hostage in Iran. That is, we always want our people to come home. But the circumstances by which these five came home, the releasing of Iran prisoners, the releasing of $6 billion, which amounts to $1.2 billion per hostage head, if we call that a prisoner head, it seems like a disproportionate deal. And it seems to violate since, you know, a, a doctrine we've had since the mid 1980s that we don't pay for the release of hostages because it encourages more hostage taking. You wrote, I think, one of the best columns I've seen a lot of anyone who's weighed in on this issue the pure folly of what Biden is doing and all this appeasement with Iran. It's on the AMAC website, AMAC.us folks, go check this out. This Iran deal has such enormous consequences, doesn't it? It does. It's, uh, and I do encourage people to go to AMAC.us and read that piece because it's more detailed. But the gist is, and I, I cite the policies and the laws that, that, that are on the books. Look, what happened is the president of the United States just decided with his secretary of state, Mr. Blinken, that they uh, would buy five American hostages for $6 billion. And we, it, it, we don't do that as a matter of law and as a matter of policy. We do not pay terrorists. This is the number one terrorist country in the world and the number one sponsor of international terror, Iran. Um, and it, by the way, if you go to the State Department's own website, you will see that the IRGC and Iran are the, are the number one sponsor of terror in the world. So this is not a questionable case, nor is it questionable uh, that they that they provided this 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 check in effect for six billion dollars back to to Iran. What does that mean? It means that uh, 
um, Americans all over the world, the, the price on their heads just went up. Uh, they, they are now more subject to the idea of being taken hostage. They are more subject to kidnappings. They are more subject to the idea that the, that the United States government will pay money to get uh, Americans back all over the world. So that, by the, by just in, in addition to the illegality of it and the policy uh, uh, contradiction, it, 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 it's, it really puts Americans at risk. It also gives $6 billion to a country that is trying to develop and is close to uh, materially developing and being able to deliver nuclear weapons. So you're going to put nuclear weapons in the hands of a terrorist state. So that again puts American security at risk. John, to me, it is, I call it folly. It's, it's a disgrace. It, American foreign Foreign policy is not actually that hard. This is not, as they say, rocket science. You just don't appease bad guys. You 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 deter. You you keep your word. And for God's sake, you don't turn yourself into Chamberlain giving away pieces of Czechoslovakia. Because guess what happened? They you use that out of my TV show, and everybody jumped on that. Amazing, because it does feel just like that. And there's a moment uh, we had you on late last week in the television and you, you made this brilliant point. And then right away after this deal is struck, after Joe Biden announces it's six billion, five for five on hostages, we're going to let a couple of the Iranians stay in our country, even though we had them in jail for you know alleged wrongdoing. The U.N. nuclear agency gets tossed out of Iran. Literally, the second Iran gets this gesture from the Biden administration, which is you know quite a payoff. They literally take a middle finger action against the United States and say, we're getting rid of the U.N. nuclear. We kicked them out. Several inspectors have been kicked out. You can't monitor our program anymore. Literally, they responded to this appeasement with a, a complete act of hostility to the United States. What does that say? You got the U.N. and Europe now upset. But Joe Biden put this in motion. Yeah, it's no surprise. I mean, appeasement. You know, it's almost like a law of physics. And, and, and believe it or not, there are elements of human relations and international relations that are as predictable as the laws of physics. And when when you appease a party that is appease is a, is a good word for it. It's it's really it's 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 uh, it's it's bending over and letting them uh, take control of the entire process. They they are they Iran right now has ill will toward the entire uh, world. They they are not a country looking to be a member of the family of of nations. You know, and and ultimately, what happens when you have foreign policy that 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 essentially gives away the farm uh, again and again and again in Afghanistan with respect to China? Never mind being compromised by the money that those countries are giving to these people individually as a, as an act of corruption. But when you have foreign policy that is either naive or 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 openly appeases. Uh, bad guys. It's like, I mean, everybody knows this, everybody listening to this. If you allow a bad child to get off the reservation and do bad things, they'll continue to do bad things. You embolden them, right? A line. Well, and, and this is the problem. Iran is, is not an unknown entity. This is not an accident. This is just essentially, uh, um, you know, this is giving them exactly what they wanted. It's, it, it completely upends the sanctions that Trump put on them. It essentially, it doesn't just create a workaround or look the other way. It literally gives them $6 billion to invest in nuclear weapons that endanger the entire region and the entire world uh, and many of our allies. And, you know, you, you ask, John, if you think about it for a minute, why are so many of our allies starting to walk away? Why, why are places like Italy and Spain and, and France talking to China now? Why are Saudi Arabia and Iran allowing you know, China to broker? It's because this foreign policy is utterly failed. And until you use a Reagan-type, Theodore Roosevelt-type, 
or at least George Washington type approach to foreign policy. Um, you know, it, it's bad enough to get into entanglements, but when you get into entanglements with the bad guys and they begin to think you're on their team, you got bad things happening. Yeah, I agree. It, 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 it's, and that column you wrote this morning is just so brilliantly written and the timing of Iran's literally lashing out, taking more hostile action after getting a concession for Joe Biden is the ultimate proof of of how this policy has already backfired in just a few short days. It's backfired. Again, glad to have the hostages home. We want to protect our people any way we can. But the long-term consequences of how this deal goes down just continues to resonate with red blinking lights, I think. I want to turn to one last thing, because I think as we go around the country now and we start to talk to real voters on a daily basis, there feels like there is a growing recognition that crime and safety were both lacking in prosperity and we're lacking in safety right now. And I think that the crime issue, there are lots of police departments that are now San Francisco, Minneapolis, New York. They can't meet their recruitment goals. And of course, many cops are retiring. So the defund police movement of 2020 has now become the insecurity act of 2023 because you have whole cities now that can't literally cover their police sectors with what's going on. How big a deal is it as someone who ran a very large law enforcement agency inside the State Department? The defund policing movement has really backfired on Democrats in Democrat cities, hasn't it? You know, it has, John. As you know, AMAC fights for not only you know personal security and social security and and uh, you know things like uh, a solvent Medicare system, but they also talk very directly about the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, Fourth, Fifth, Sixth, Tenth, and so part of that discussion is the fact that Americans uh, have a right to be safe in their homes and, and frankly, on their streets. And uh, this administration has done several things that are just really, un- I, 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 I begin to lose words. I don't know what words to use, unconscionable. They've opened the border, allowing uh, gangs to just run roughshod over this country. They, you know, never mind sex trafficking and children trafficking and drug trafficking. They've opened the doors to massive uh, drug trafficking into the into the hinterland. They've uh, defunded police at the point to the point where not only is morale and I know many many law enforcement officers personally morale is in the pits, uh, retention and, and recruiting is in the pits. Uh, these academies, many of them are going fallow. Uh, people people call for the police, but the police who are uh, frankly either low in numbers or are sure they're going to be persecuted or prosecuted for acting in some way that they think is right. You know the 21 foot rule or anything else they don't. They don't. They don't always go to these. These. And so what happens is people. People in turn try to buy firearms, and now you've got Democrats like this New Mexico governor literally spitting in the face of the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, literally, literally violating the text of the opinions of the Supreme Court and trying to ban uh, citizens from having guns. The Democrat Party is becoming the anti-American party, and it is sad to see. I, I, I'm not saying every member, but boy, oh boy, if John Kennedy or Harry Truman or any of those guys were alive today, they would all be, they would not be a part of that party. They'd either form their own party or they'd vote Republican. And I, I have to tell you, it's it's disappointing beyond belief because you see, uh, you know, look at gun ownership, for example. It's going through the roof. And who are the biggest, fastest buying populations? Uh, by the FBI's own data, it, it's minorities and women because they feel unsafe in an environment where they can't they, don't, they can't count on the state or or the local law enforcement to be properly funded to protect them. So, you know, insecurity is something that drives people to make big changes. And I, I think there's an inflection point in the republic. I, I think it's coming and I treat it 
with optimism because I think Ronald Reagan, uh, you know, there were a lot of times in American history where people stepped up and stepped into the breach because the country desperately needed leadership. And I think a new crop of young people and, and you know, older people are saying that uh, we cannot go leaderless anymore. We can't have, look, I use the babysitter test, as I think I said on your show before. We have people who are either incompetent you know, they're either incompetent or they're intentionally making bad decisions. And, um, you know, if you wouldn't leave your kids with uh, with a, a Joe Biden, you certainly uh, shouldn't entrust your country to him. And and so that's that's and, and by the way, not just him. I mean, the notion that we will lower standards all over the country. We now think that it's OK to come to the Senate in your underwear because Mr. Fetterman can barely put a whole sentence together. We think it's OK for people certainly like you can't know, put a uh, suit my, together. That's for sure. Oh, my goodness gracious. I mean, I, I, just, I, I, I think myself, John, where is the country we love? And I think the country we love is in the country. As in the people have common sense. The people know the difference between boys and girls. The people don't want crime. The people want a good working economy and a chance to to make it and to have the American dream. But when your leaders disappoint you in such a profound way, it puts you in a position of either sighing or getting active. And I think I, I think people should be peaceful, but I also think they should become more active in their own communities and unafraid to say, look, I do believe that America is a great nation. I do believe in the American dream for absolutely everyone. And that is the history of this country. And that means we need safe streets. And it means we need a closed border. And it means citizenship matters. And it means we want an economy that takes advantage of the strengths of the country. And it means we need a good foreign policy and we need to live by our, our Bill of Rights. That's, it's not real complicated. It is, however, important. No, you're 100% right. There's just no doubt about it. It's an incredible moment. Folks, I know you look forward to this conversation because I do too. I, I learn so much from Bobby every week. And I also come away feeling I just got an intravenous dose of common sense every time we have AMAC Wednesdays. If you want to join AMAC and get more of this wisdom, also get some great discounts on purchases, great access to products you can't get anywhere, Medicare insurance products. Get a monthly magazine that is a great read. Uh, you can take it up on the beach on the weekends and it's a great read. Go join AMAC. Go join AMAC today. It's very easy. You go to AMAC amac.us slash just news. You're going to get a discount even on your membership. Match me on my five-year membership. It's one of the best investments I've ever made. And you'll get more Bobby Charles. You'll get his daily columns. You'll get the discounts. You'll get opportunities to engage in civic partnerships, civic opportunities to talk to your lawmakers or to be an election observer. AMAC from top to bottom is doing extraordinary work to keep America safe, to keep America prosperous, to keep America common sense, which every time I bring Bobby on, that's the word that comes to, to mind. So go today to amac.us slash just news. Let AMAC know you support them because they support just the news. And John Solomon reports the podcast and the just the news, no noise television show. Go do that today and you will get rewarded. 10 times over. I got to tell you, it's a, I, I've told my wife several times, the best investment I made. A few dollars and I make a lot of savings on it all month long, plus a lot of leadership and thought leadership that comes into my inbox and into my mailbox every day. So go do that today. Bobby, what a great opportunity to have you on. AMAC, so lucky to have you a national spokesman. We're lucky to have you on the show regularly to make sense of all of the insanity in this great town of Washington, D.C. 
John, thank you so much, and thank you for what you do every every day. I mean, we we Americans who believe in the future of this country need to put our money where our mouth is, as well as uh, stepping up even in the in the face of fear. And you do that every day, and I appreciate it. Thank you. We're only as good as our next story, so I got to get back to work. <laughs> good to be with you, my friend. What an honor. We'll have you back on next week. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Kathleen Sagama, head of the Western Energy Alliance, a true expert on oil and energy and gas exploration in America. She schooled some Democrats. And when I mean schooled, she got the facts out that they have been distorting. We're going to go explain that to you right after these messages. Folks, Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, plus veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutritional packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. If you're like me and have a busy schedule that the last thing you want to worry about is what to eat or having to go to the grocery store. Factor makes it easy. As they are flexible to your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, usually in just two minutes. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash justnews50 and use the promo code justnews50 to get 50% off. That's the code justnews50 at factormeals.com. One more time, factormeals.com slash justnews50. Use the justnews50 code and you will get 50% off your first order. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. It's an interesting moment in the debate in Washington, D.C. about energy, climate, where we're going, whether Joe Biden's trillions of dollars of spending on green energies really made any difference. Yesterday was a crystallizing moment. There was some pretty extraordinary testimony before the House Committee on Natural Resources. And some of the talking points, some of the narratives that, you know, some of the far left figures in Congress like AOC have been putting out there for the American people to observe, they got called into question because facts are a stubborn thing. Well, our next guest was right in the middle of that. She was one of the star witnesses 
of yesterday's hearing and I think did a really effective job watching this as correcting some of the false narratives that have just become lore in Washington. Joining us right now, the president of the Western Energy Alliance, Kathleen Sagama. Kathleen, great to have you back on. John, it's a pleasure to be on. You survived the witness chair pretty well yesterday. It was pretty fun watching you. Uh, This was a really important day because I think the industry did a very good job of uh, exposing that while Joe Biden often says it's an all of the above approach, it's almost a none of the above approach except the ones that the far left wants. How important was it to be able to just lay out facts for Americans that they might not otherwise have gotten? Well, we are certainly seeing an all of the uh, whole of government approach from the Biden administration that is meant to curtail oil and natural gas produced in America so that he can then run to Venezuela and Saudi Arabia and beg them to increase their production. I mean, the, the, the environmental left has so captured the Democrats that they are willing to sacrifice American production, which creates millions of jobs, trillions in um, economic wealth for the country, and they're willing to send that all overseas just because they hate the oil and gas industry so much. It's just a knee-jerk reaction for the environmental left. It is something that ideology and maybe just political appeasement is actually putting our national security, economic security, and energy security, because it starts with energy security, at risk. Um, they're, one of the ways they do this is they come up with these narratives that are simply not true. And I, I, uh, um, AOC has said probably a thousand times over the last uh, few years that a quarter, a quarter of all greenhouse gas emissions come from oil and gas production on federal lands. I can't find anything in the EIA that even comes close to suggesting that or the U.S. government, uh, U.S. geological survey. Um, you yesterday, I think, schooled the committee. AOC, I guess, wasn't there at the moment you did it, but you schooled the committee on the truth about this. Can you walk us through the difference between what she says and what the actual facts are? Well, you know, now that you mention it, I'm not sure where the environmental lobby came up with that quarter. Um, I can't remember where they got it, but they claim to pull it from a USGS report on greenhouse gas emissions. Well, I've crunched the numbers. And first of all, they say that a quarter of greenhouse gas emissions comes from the production of oil and natural gas on federal lands and waters. Well, we all know that um, burning oil and natural gas produces greenhouse gas emissions. That's clear. There's no. So you might think, oh, well, a quarter of um, about a quarter of our production comes from federal lands and waters. So, you know, a quarter of our greenhouse gas emissions. Okay, but that's not really how it works. If you actually look at the numbers, um, we produce about, like I said, about a quarter of the nation's production. Um, But if you actually look at the numbers in the study, and they're right in tables right there, um, our production, so the development and production accounts for 0.6% of greenhouse gas emissions. Now, what she wants to say, she tries to tie it to the production, but what she really is thinking about is uh, the use of it, you know, the use as it is tied to more greenhouse gas emissions, way more than the actual production of it. But even then, you can pull out the numbers from that USGS report, and all of the fossil fuels burned from federal, or no, all of the oil and natural gas burned from federal lands and waters accounts for 7% of our greenhouse gas emissions. So our intensity is so much lower than the quarter of the production. 
So I think it's just really, it's not that hard to just pull up the report. It was done by uh, USGS. It's a government agency under the Interior Department. It's pretty straightforward. Just it's simple math. It is simple math. And uh, I think I heard you say yesterday that when you just focus on the actual emissions from the extraction, it's like 0.6%, right? Like it's like six tenths of 1%. So uh, it's it's pretty remarkable how far off uh, this claim has been. And, and I, I've, I've seen them use it many different ways. Like Jan Schakowsky, a lot of times will say it's a quarter of all uh, greenhouse gas emissions since 1850, but we weren't emission, we weren't measuring greenhouse gases in the 1850s. So they keep flipping this number around. It takes about 10 different iterations. But uh, when you when you go to the geological survey, you get a much more clear footprint, and uh, it isn't what it is uh, today. There's another interesting moment going on. If you look at it, so this is EPA does an, an annual greenhouse gas emissions inventory, and the entire oil and natural gas industry from production to distribution down to your home or to the gas station, everything, all the greenhouse gas emissions from the oil and gas industry are 3.4% of U.S. greenhouse gas emissions. 3.4%. That's straight EPA numbers. They're probably overinflated, but whatever. And if we say, okay, let's not produce here in the United States, guess what? We're burning those greenhouse gas emissions. They're going to be produced elsewhere, and it's global. So what difference does it make if we produce them here where our intensity is lower or in Venezuela and Saudi Arabia? We're the most efficient in terms of uh, lowering carbon emissions from extraction and transportation. And, uh, and you know, you start going down to Russia or you go to, you know, you go to South America, <laughs> the, the footprint, uh, the carbon footprint is often one to two times uh, larger than what we are. I want to ask about Europe because I think Europe has been the leading edge of this climate um, agenda. And now it feels like Europe is reassessing everything it is doing because they realize they don't have enough energy. Uh, I think a couple of times yesterday you used Europe in your testimony to highlight this. Uh, Europe is sort of the warning sign or the harbinger for what Americans are likely to face because Europe is realizing they couldn't pull this off the way the idyllic uh, climate activists asked them to do it. Right. We are going down the path of Europe and California, even though we know that California has some of the highest electricity prices in the country and they have to import in energy from other states and overseas. We know that Germany got into real trouble and they have the second highest electricity rates in Europe and they just didn't have enough energy. So we are sending natural gas to Germany and they have increased their coal production and use because wind and solar don't work. They only work a portion of the time and they have to be backed up. So we know what's happened in Europe. We know that Europe has backed off on EV mandates. But now we have all these other states following and, and saying we're all going to be EVs by 2030 or 2035. Well, Europe has backed off on their EV mandates because they know they don't have the electricity to power them. And they know that consumers don't want them. There are literally car lots full of EVs in China that can't be sold for acres and acres with weeds growing on them because people don't want a vehicle that they can't charge or it doesn't have the range, it's too expensive, etc. We know this. 
There's also been some reports recently that the insurance industry is becoming concerned, like parking garages and even people that want to insure their uh, electric vehicles, that insurers are becoming concerned about the risk because we've seen these cars have these spectacular fires when they get wet with salt water or other things. And when I say spectacular fires, you're talking 1,000 to 1,400 degrees of Fahrenheit of heat that get produced from this um, lithium battery uh, catching fire. Um, there are just a whole a lot of impracticalities that the Biden administration hasn't addressed yet, even as they kind of push EVs on the American people. Um, how much is that playing out? We know the grid, right? The grid is clearly not ready. Even the energy secretary, Granholm, had to admit that when she took her EV trip around the country, she couldn't find charging stations. But what else can we, what else can we, uh, there are the things like insurers are a little bit worried about. There's concerns about the weight of cars and parking garages. Um, there's a lot of things that haven't gone into the thought process while rolling out. So the cart is sort of two feet ahead of the horse. Yeah, there are. And plus, look at where all the minerals come from that are needed for them. They're all in China and Congo. Yeah, I think that it boils down to something that the American people are starting to realize, which is this administration is telling them what car they can drive, what dishwasher they can have, what their cooktop is going to be. Um, they're telling them too many things and trying to control their lives. And people at some point are just going to go, ah, I don't think so. Because we also know that John Kerry has said on multiple occasions that we could take our greenhouse gas emissions down to zero, a absolutely zero. And I guess we'd all have to stop breathing, too, so we wouldn't emit any carbon dioxide. And it would make no difference. So we are putting in place all, not we, they are putting in place all of these regulations meant to reduce consumer choice, um, choke back our economy, and we also know that it would have no impact on climate change. So what are we doing? It's insanity. People don't need to sacrifice their lives for something that makes no difference. No, it is a really remarkable thing. And I think as... Little of stories it was in the big picture of things. Uh, Secretary Granholm's experience on the EV road uh, may, may be a wake up thing, which is maybe, maybe, just maybe uh, that uh, we're we're not ready for this moment. Good intentioned or not, we're not there. One of the things that when I look at Europe now, uh, and we do a lot of coverage of this at Just the News, uh, Europe seems to realize that the real path to getting, if if the policy goal is to reduce carbon emissions. There's a much simpler way to do this, which is uh, convert the rest of coal to natural gas uh, and then put a lot of new load into the system with uh, zero emission nuclear energy. The gas nuclear uh, marriage seems to be picking up even among people who were after, you know, Fukushima, the Japanese accident maybe a decade ago, a little low on uh, excitement about nuclear. It seems like nuclear gas is a much better way to get to carbon reductions than the current path of windmills and solar and, oh, we keep running up short, so let's fire up the diesel generators because that's what California did some days. They actually fired up diesel generators because they couldn't, they couldn't make the load. Um, it seems like that's – are there smart people beginning to see natural gas plus nuclear is a better way if the goal is to reduce carbon emissions? You know, it's, it has seemed so obvious for so long that I just think it's a willfulness – about this agenda. And so at some point you wonder, is it really just about creating energy scarcity, reducing populations, um, hamstringing people from being able to eat what they want, 
drive when they want. You know, it's about this control agenda. So I, I, I think you have to be willfully ignorant or just willful in saying, you know, I, I just don't want nuclear. We're just going to go wind and solar. It, to me, it's so blindingly obvious that I'm not I'm not sure how I can even answer that. But, I mean, you, you see people from, I was just at a presentation over the weekend, um, the National Renewable Energy Laboratory, which happens to be based here in, in Colorado, you know, they keep, they have these people that go out and they, they do these presentations and act as if we could just do all wind and solar. They know, too, that it's just not there. So why... Why are they persisting? It's it's just advocacy at some point. It's a political advocacy, and it's not in the best interests of American people. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, and that's uh, people are feeling that when they go to the grocery store or the gas station. And by the way, the driving of those prices. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the reason grocery prices are up is because energy prices are up, right? Well, certainly has a trickle-on effect. Fertilizer costs are, the inputs for agriculture are so high because fertilizer is made from natural gas. And of course, you know, everything is driven by diesel. in diesel. the farm, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's just that people don't often make that, but there's no doubt that energy prices drive so many other inflationary prices. And that's why abundant, uh, uh, affordable energy creates so much more security economically and, and um uh, personally, uh, a personal security. I mean, you just feel better when you know you can afford your gas. There is a couple other things that I wanted to run before we let you go because you are, you know so much about the industry. And I think m- Americans today are waking up realizing energy is a really big part of this. Um, when we look right now, the current energy load in America that isn't from oil, natural gas and coal, what's it about? Only about one fifth of energy comes from something other than oil, gas and coal, right? So. So you're talking about replacing 80% if, if the, if the Democrats goal is true. We, we don't have anything right now in position to replace even 20%, right? We're, we couldn't even replace 20% right now. Right. So you look at that additional 20%. Nuclear is most of it and going down. Um, hydro is most of it and going down. Um, wind and solar have increased, but they're still a small percent. Um, so, and it's just electricity, right? Yeah, right. They don't have other things that they can push. Yeah. Um, we talk about the po- politics and the ideology and uh, maybe trying to appease a constituency rather than come up with a, a meaningful energy plan for Americans on the left. And uh, a person who keeps coming up in that conversation is the Interior Secretary, Deb Holland. Um, her daughter has been one of those um, uh, far left progressive activist, but there was uh, some reporting in ADN this week, um, a, a Hispanic news site that's very uh, successful around the country, uh, that her daughter had some ties to a Cuban Solidarity Group, or at least her, the group that she works for had ties to Cuban Solidarity Group and the rhetoric and some of the anti-Americanism here. Um, I want you to talk about Holland specifically and the message her family's sort of ties have, and then more uh, uh, on a larger perspective, Cuba, Russia, Venezuela, some of our enemies seem to want to encourage the Green Revolution in America because they see it as weakening our economic and national security. So if you could address both of those, I think we'd learn a lot from that discussion. Sure. It's been known for quite some time that Russia um, funded anti-fracking groups because they're definitely scared of the shale revolution from the United States. We 
um, increased production. We're now the number one producer of oil and natural gas in the world, have been for quite some time. Russia did not want fracking to spread to Europe because Europe has, you know, the same shale deposits we do, but they wanted to scare everybody about it, just like that, you know, just like the Enviro scared everybody about nuclear. So um, they don't frack in Europe, and so they don't produce the resources. So it's well known that Russia funded um, environmental groups. It's also pretty well known that the social justice phenomenon in this country is really a neo-Marxist phenomenon. Um, kids are being indoctrinated, even in regular schools, um, with Marxist ideology through critical race theory or DEI initiatives and the like. Um, you don't have to scratch that surface very much to see that it's very uh, neo-Marxist. And so it's been softening kids up for messages. And then you have organizations what like Pueblo Action Alliance, where Deb Holland's daughter Soma works. And that group has had ties with a Cuban group that does, you know, for uh, exchanges with stu bringing students into Cuba. Um, but it, it, that the group that brings in the students has ties to the intelligence agencies in Cuba. And they use those visits and they use those connections to gather intelligence information on um, young people, uh, you know, probably for the purpose that they know these these kids are very susceptible to their propaganda. So it's a way to pro to spread that propaganda. I mean, you hear them gushing about how great Cuba is and they've got free health care and free education and this and that. Well, you know, talk to uh, any boat person trying to leave Cuba or the Cuban community in Florida, and you will really hear what life is like under communism. Yeah, no, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? It's just, um, well, it, it's, uh, it is extraordinary. We had a series of stories just recently about the Confucius Institute's Chinese, uh, communist Chinese funded. Oh, right. And they're actually now funding projects in the K through 12 American school system. Uh, we had a great example at Tulsa. We had the superintendent of Oklahoma come on and say, well, we wouldn't believe what we found. And, uh, it all fits together, right? There's a preconditioning and, and our enemies are, are likely behind a lot of this anti energy rhetoric in the country. And, um, it's so important that we educate folks uh, day in and day out. One last thing, because I, 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 this is one thing that I've learned a lot over the years. I'm, I'm an energy nerd, just as a report. I've always enjoyed the topic. Um, but I hear all the time, uh, big oil, big oil, big oil, big oil, except big oil isn't big oil, right? The vast majority of oil exploration in America is done by small family-owned and, and mid-sized uh, companies, right? That's right. There are thousands of companies in the oil and natural gas industry, names you've never heard, even some of the larger independents, you've never really heard their names. Um, they, we, we're the ones who really do the initial exploration. We prove up reserves and often sell to the big guys once those projects, you know, once those areas have been shown to have economic quantities of oil and natural gas. Or sometimes um, we continue to produce them as well. They don't always go to majors. But the backbone of the industry is thousands, literally thousands of small companies, um, from the producer to the drilling company to the fracking company to the land movers. Um, everything is small business. So Western Energy Alliance is little oil. Um, we represent those small independents. Yeah, little oil gives us a whole lot of big energy. It's sort of interesting, and it's just a misconception that a lot of Americans have because, well, big oil was coined by the uh, the environmental left, and it's just not an accurate picture of what, what uh, the energy infrastructure in America looks like. And it's always fun 
uh, to remind uh, folks of that. Kathleen, what a great honor to have you on. I enjoyed the testimony yesterday. We streamed it live here on Just the News. And um, uh, following up today, I feel like we really got some really great education points for people who care about this issue to to get the truth. Facts are a stubborn thing. And uh, uh, you, you presented a lot of facts yesterday that I think have been missing from the debate. What a great honor to have you on and follow up on that great testimony today. Well, thank you for your kind words, and um, I think you're doing fabulous work getting that information out. It's a, it's a, such an important issue. As energy goes, so does security in the economy, and I think Americans now, for the first time, are seeing that firsthand. They're experiencing the connection between the three, and uh, for that, we're, we're very lucky to have a more educated public. So thanks again. We'll get you back on real soon. There are going to be a lot more developments before the end of the year. Absolutely. Thank you. Take care. All right. Great to have you on. Folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back to wrap things up after these messages. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friend who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text Just News to 989898 right now. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. So grateful you can join us. Remember, AMAC Wednesday, you want to join people like Bobby Charles and me and so many other millions of Americans who worry about freedom in this country, worry about constitutional and free markets and constitutional government and law and order, join AMAC. Go to amac.us slash justnews today. You're going to get lots of discounts. You're going to get daily news and updates, a monthly magazine, and an opportunity to engage in incredible civic activities. And because you're a John Solomon Reports fan, you're going to get a discount on your initial membership. Go match me on my five-year membership. Best investment I made. I get discounts. I'm so excited. I love it. 
Go to amac.us slash justnews, amac.us slash justnews today. Get that discount on your membership and then start getting discounts every day. Plus, great news, great thought leadership, great civic engagement opportunities, and great products like insurance products, Medicare products, other things. Go check it out today. The Association for Mature American Citizens, AMAC, amac.us slash justnews. That wraps up today's edition, folks. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great night. God bless you. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text JUSTNEWS to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. History, economics, the great works of literature, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution. Did you study these things in school? Probably not. Or even if you did, like I did, maybe it's time for a refresher. Time and technology have changed a lot of things, but they have not changed basic fundamental truths about the world and our place in it as America. That's why I'm so excited that Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subject. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, you heard me, for free. You don't get anything free in the Biden economy today. I personally recommend you sign up for the American Citizenship and its Decline. It's with my good friend, the great historian, Victor Davis Hanson. In this eight-lecture course, VDH, as I like to call him, explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. The course is self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever. So start your free course, American Citizenship and Its Decline, with my good friend, Victor Davis Hanson, today. How do you do that? Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash justnews to start. It's free, and it's easy to get started, and it's an easy URL to remember. All you got to do, go to hillsdale.edu slash justnews. One more time, hillsdale.edu slash justnews.